Hey folks, this is Dave here from Opposing the Matrix. How are you today? Pardon me while I get my stuff in gear here. I um, hope you're all having a pleasant day or had a pleasant day as it's nighttime now. But, uh, you know, a lot of you are watching this tomorrow or during the daylight hours. So take it as you will. Okay. Um, I heard from Brian yesterday, uh, probably um, maybe early October, he'll be able to get back with us. He really misses you guys. He misses me. And he wants to get back on the air. And uh, so when things resolve with him, uh, you know, whatever is going on. Actually, I know what's going on, but you don't need to. Okay. Um, don't mean to be mean by that, but uh, just pray for him, his family. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, I was praying. Well, first of all, I want to give you kind of a praise report. Um I don't know if it's a praise report. I, I got my MRI back today, my image uh, results, and looks like I fractured fractured my back when I fell about a month ago. And But the good news is that it feels pretty good so far. Seems to be little by little getting better to where I can tolerate things and uh, don't have to take pain meds so much. And if I, when I get off of those, that'd be fantastic. Um, but uh, so anyway, I, got, I guess I got three bulging discs and – some bone fragments that are getting close to the spinal canal. I don't know. I'll wait till my doctor looks at it and he can tell me what's going on. But the Lord has been very gracious in that uh, all throughout this, I've been able to do this show. And I want to thank you because I know a lot of you prayed for me. A lot of you prayed for me. And there are a lot of you who are in need of prayer. And for those who are in need of prayer, hey, you know, I, I'm praying for you too. Okay, I'm praying for... Not so much prosperity, although, you know, that falls into it, but for good health and, and a roof over our heads and, and food, food, clothing, and shelter, the three basic needs of life, and, and everything else, too, that, that Yahweh has for us. You know, he loves us. Especially, he always loves us, but in this time, we get to see it more. We really do. We get to see how he bails us out of things and how um, he supplies food and he supplies finances and everything like that, so... Um, nothing but praise for, for Yahweh and Yeshua. So, anyway, uh, what I wanted to talk about tonight is uh, mind control, okay? And if you've been around for the last two years, you've witnessed mind control in, in, the, in the group of people that chose to take the shots. Um, not all of them, but most of them to experience some kind of mind control. You know, uh, there are people that took it and swear they're not taking it anymore because they've come to realize what was going on, okay? Uh, but then there are those diehard people, and I'd say that most of them are liberals, communists, progressives, whatever you want to call them. And um, they are the diehard ones that still will castigate you, not castrate, but castigate you. There's a big difference in those two words. Um, and point fingers at you, oh, you didn't take the shot, you're the problem, you, you know. These are the people that drive around in their cars with the windows up and their masks on or sneer at you when you're in a store without a mask and they, they're wearing one. Like, uh, you're not part of the program, are you? You know, exactly right. I'm not part. I didn't let them program me. Okay. And I know a lot of you, if not all the audience, you know, you feel the same way. We didn't let them program us. And for those who took it, you know, most of you has, have said, yeah, one, one, two, but no boosters, and that we're not doing it anymore because it's it's come to you know it's come to light 
what the shot does to people. And plus, it's come to light that uh, COVID-19 really wasn't as bad as what they said it was, okay? It was, uh, for many of us, it was just a bad flu or even an easy flu for us. I don't know. I, I didn't really seem to uh, to get it that bad. And uh, <laughs> I got to learn not to knock on wood. It's 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 superstitious, and I don't need to do it. And it makes my dogs bark like there's somebody at the door. So you'll see that we're making some headway back here. Uh, I just got to paint that wall, and then I got to paint the floor. We decided to paint the concrete floor. I think it looks really nice. I can't take the camera off to show you. But later on, you know, in a few weeks or something, when this is all painted, you'll get to see it. And uh, it's a work in progress, and it's uh, it's challenging and it's fun. Although, you know, I could have done without all the dust, but hey, whatever. Um, all we are is dust in the wind. Okay, that was a good song. It wasn't a Christian song or, or a Messianic song, but a lot of it, there were a lot of um, truths in that song. There we go. That's what the word I was looking for. <laughs> Um, I don't know if you saw the show with Ralph Epperson. It was a really good show, really, really good show. And um, those of my age knew who I just imitated. If you didn't, well, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I'll tell you, and then you go, who's he? Then I go and go in this long diatribe about Ed Sullivan, you know. Well, there, I told you his name, so look him up. Uh, anyway, uh, so, yeah, it was a really good show. Ralph is uh, really on fire now. He... <laughs> I talk with him. He, he's an older guy, you know. He's the same age as my mom, and and he's David. I don't know why they're doing this. Why, you know, how do they think they can get away with this? You know, and I'm like, Ralph, calm down. You know, it's uh, yes, it's something to be alarmed about, but you know, let's put our faith in the Lord. And he's he's a very strong believer in Yeshua, very strong. And uh, that's we have a brotherhood, actually. We often say that uh, we're brothers from another mother, mother, mother. <laughs> I'm from New Jersey. I can't help it. Um, anyway, so what I want to do is I've got uh, one, two, three, three videos uh, and three things to look at. And um, I'm going to share them with you. I'm going to put them on the screen. And I want to show you what's going on. And if you, if you look at the thing scrolling across the bottom, mind control, then and now, Nazis continue experiments to this present day. Yes, they're Nazis. I'm sorry, but they are. I'm not sorry that they are. Actually, I kind of am because they're going to miss out on, on the resurrection, the good resurrection anyway. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, uh, so the, the premise to this is that, that in uh, 1945, we know that the, uh, the Nazis lost the physical war, okay? Let's make sure we say physical war. Okay, uh, back to, basically they were bombed into oblivion, and uh, after Hitler eh, killed himself, if he did, uh, you know everything went back to what it was before. Except Germany was devastated. So most of the uh, the nations in Europe were, because what the British, excuse me, what the um, the Germans didn't destroy, we destroyed. Okay, but we uh, we gave them a whole bunch of money over there, and they rebuilt everything. Okay. Um, that's a whole other story for another day. Um, but uh, so anyway, that ended in 1945 in May. And uh, the thing is that, sorry, folks, I got wires all over the place. I hate wires. I wish everything was wireless. And if Tesla would have had his way, it would have been. Um, but in 1947 or thereabouts, um, 
the United States and in its infinite stupidity decided to bring a bunch of Nazis over to the United States. Well, yeah, some of them were scientists, so that's where we get our, our rocket um, our rocket technology from Werner von Braun. And, um, and there were others that came over that, you know, could have brought some good things. Uh, but most of it was bad because a lot of it was the experiments that Mengele had done, and they brought that all that information over. And um, so, and, and a lot of it was political too. So, uh, yes, they won the physical war. Uh, they lost the physical war, but they won and are still winning the political war. Okay, because when we left, when we finished in Germany in 1945, we were basically pretty pretty well still a republic. Yes, Roosevelt had socialized some stuff, and that wasn't very well, I guess. But, um, you know, we were basically still a republic, and, and things were going good. You know, the 50s was known as an era of expansion, and not just um, physical expansion, but financial expansion. People people just, it boomed, man, in the 50s, you know, and, and the baby boom, too, actually, too. So, um, anyway... Everything boomed in the 50s. People were living a really good lifestyle. There was lots of work most of the time. And uh, that went back into the 60s, too, the early 60s. And then things started to change. You know, Johnson got out there and, and created his great society. And I hope Johnson is, uh, well, anyway, I know where he is and I know he's suffering. So I guess that's good enough. But anyway, uh, so he started that stuff up and, and, he started the uh, the Negro race, uh, the, our black brothers and sisters, onto the uh, uh, sufficiency of, of the government. Now, not everybody, okay, not everybody, but uh, a good, a great deal, I and mean, even whites too, okay, and Hispanics uh, fell on that train and uh, and started riding that train, the uh, the welfare train, and uh, and I'm not going to say the word, okay. But Johnson was was known to have uh, said when he when he went in or started the Great Society, I'll have those blankety blanks voting Democrat for the next hundred years, you know. And you know what, you know, it just shows you that what he did for people wasn't done out of altruism. It was done out of a plan, a plan that was to advance socialism more and more and more in this country until people started crying out for it. Oh, we want free health care. We want free this. We want free that. You know, and 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 it's got to be right away. You know, I want it. I want it now. I want it now. You know, and so we've turned into a very spoiled society. And but it's because the government has given a lot of people everything that they want. Okay. And Barry Goldwater once said that when a government gets big enough to give you anything you want, it's big enough to take away everything you have. Okay, and now it's doing that. Okay, it gave and gave and gave, and now it's called in its marker, so to speak, using a poker term. And um, and so again, we help you all these years. Now we want from you, and with with uh, African Americans and Hispanics, it's vote for me. You know, I'm a Democrat. Vote for me. We care for you. Well, I think that uh, both blacks and Hispanics are figuring out that that was a con job. Okay. And um, if you are, then praise praise the Lord because um, you're you're joining with us, and we're joining with you too because we're starting to understand what uh, being thrust into poverty is all about too, you know. And so we're having a melding, a, a melding of the minds. Now, if we could just get rid of the stupid racism on both sides and join forces with each other, my goodness, what we could do! We could take this country back in in uh, in two weeks. 
You know, uh, we get oust everybody that's tried to divide us all these years, these decades, these centuries, and and um, and just live in prosperity and peace with one another. Man, I'm starting to sound like a politician, uh, but a good politician. <laughs> yeah, if any have we heard of any of them tells you that, it's a lie. Okay. All righty. Well, so I want to go into the Nuremberg Codes because what happened in Germany back in the 1940s. Um, yeah, all the 1940s up until 45, was that there were some scientists and doctors that were really taking advantage of people. They were practicing something called twinning. Uh, it was a Nazi attempt to try to uh, work on um, – oh, this term just left my head. Um, oh, creating somebody just like you. Okay. Cloning. Thank you. My adorable wife just helped me out there. Uh yeah, it was their attempt at cloning or try, trying to start to clone. And um, also they were, you know, they would lock people in air chambers and then reduce the pressure to see how long people lived with no air. I mean, this was cruel stuff. Uh, you know, seeing how much pain a person could could take by, you know, cutting a limb off or something and, and not healing it. And my goodness, that's why so many people were out to get Dr. Mengele after the war because that guy was a monster. And the guys that helped him were monsters, too. And he slipped away, and he got away with it. But you know what? The minute he took his last breath, he didn't get away with it anymore. So we got to be thankful. You know, a lot of people ding God for hell. But, <laughs> you know, first of all, he doesn't have anything to do with that. People send themselves to hell. Uh, but second of all, it's a place where people like Dr. Mengele and Adolf Hitler and all those other jerks and your Stalins, your Lenins, your Marx, uh, Marxes and stuff like that um, – you know, I use that monopoly term all the time. Go to hell, go directly to hell, do not pass go, do not collect $200, you know, and that's what they did. And that's what they do. So anyway, I want to look at, if, if you'll allow me to, um, oh, wait a minute, I got to do this the right way. Okay. Something called the Nuremberg Laws. Okay. And kind of gave you a little background about why, about why the Nuremberg Code had to come into existence. Don't get that, uh, confused with the Nuremberg Laws like I just did. The Nuremberg Laws were laws that the Nazis made up in Nuremberg, um, which started the whole mess that uh, led to World War II and into a lot of uh, really weird, weird and uh, wicked stuff. Um, but because of what the doctors did, there was a special trial for the doctors in Nuremberg, at the Nuremberg uh, trials. And, and uh, because of what they um, what they found in, in and what these guys were, were guilty of doing, uh, they, they made up these 10 rules for um, safe and uh, civilized uh, medicine, okay? Now, I'm going to go through. I'm going to read all 10 of them, okay? And I want, when I'm reading this, not just don't just look at what happened before. Look what happened in the last couple of years, okay, with all the stuff that uh, went on with the COVID shot, uh, COVID-19 itself. Uh, forced um, mask wearing, forced, uh, it kept us in our houses, uh, you know, six feet apart. We couldn't be more than six or less than six feet apart. And um, by the way, did you know that um, they have certain satellites out in space that can, can monitor us? But if we're farther than six feet apart, it really messes up the satellite. Wait a minute. If, yeah, I think that's how it goes. Um, that six foot is really important. And, um, 
that's it. If we're closer than six feet, um, it messes up the satellite because then we become one big cluster. But we're, if we're six feet or farther, the satellite is able to tell who's who, so to speak. Now, that's what I've heard. I don't know how true that is, but it wouldn't surprise me seeing all the things that we've seen in the last three or four years. Okay. I don't put anything past the government. I, when I was younger, um, the hippies were always, oh, don't trust the government. Don't trust anybody over 30. Now, you know, it's don't trust the government. Don't trust anybody under 30. Um, you know, and, and trust very few people over, over 32. <laughs> so, anyway, I know it doesn't sound like a very godly thing to say, but, you know, even Paul was very, uh, the Apostle Paul was very um, uh, careful about who he associated with. Okay, so let's look at these um, Nuremberg codes, okay? Number one, the voluntary of the, the voluntary consent of the human subject is absolutely essential. Did you have to give your assent to get the COVID-19? Well, if you took it, you did, because by taking it, you gave your assent, okay? Um, but they can't force you to do it, but they were getting close to it because they were cause, causing us to fight amongst one another. Hey, if you don't get the shot, you're a traitor at the whole nine yards, you know? So the, the uh, propaganda machine really caused a lot of people to go get the shots. Anyway, this means that a person involved should have legal capacity to give consent, uh, should be situated as able to exercise free power of choice without the intervention of any element of force, fraud, deceit, duress, eh, duress, overreaching, or other ulterior form of constraint or coercion and should have sufficient knowledge and comprehension of the elements of the subject matter involved as to enable him, and we'll put a slash her there, uh, to make an understanding and enlightened decision. Okay? It's kind of hard to do when you've got every shlemiel in the world on television telling you need to do it, right? And that's propaganda, and that's mind control. And that's what we're going to get into here in a little while. Okay? Uh, the latter element requires that before the acceptance of an affirmative decision by the experimental subject, there should be made, no made known to him or her, the nature, duration, and purpose of the experiment, the method and means by which it is to be conducted, all inconveniences and hazards reasonable, reasonably to be expected, and the effect upon his or her health or person which may possibly come from participation in the experiment. Participation, huh? Okay. Uh, the, the duly, excuse me, the duty and responsibility for ascertaining the quality of consent uh, rests upon each individual who initiates, directs, or engages in the experiment. It is a personal duty and a responsibility which may not be delegated to another with, imp with impunity. Um, having been a nurse, folks, when um, I know that in order for anything to happen to people, um, <laughs> basically anything, there has to be conformed, informed consent. Okay, that means that... Uh, uh, the nurse is able to come out and read to the person and ask them if they understand, but the nurse has to have the doctor witness that the patient understands what's going to happen to them, everything good that can happen, every ba everything bad that can happen, and then the patient signs, okay? And that's what this was meant to do, okay? Now, basically, this is for experimental, the, uh, the Nuremberg Code was, and the things that we, we do in everyday life, most of it's not experimental, except if it's the COVID vaccine, hey, um, so the COVID vaccine was a violated, number one, 
in many ways. And you, I'll tell you where I, where I get this anyway, marshall.edu and uh, forward slash ORI forward slash Nuremberg dash code dash directives dash four dash human dash experimentation forward slash. Okay. All right. Number two, the experiment should be such as to yield fruitful results, fruitful results for the good of society unprocurable by other means or means of study and not random and not unnecessary in nature. Okay. How many times, how many places did that, that COVID-19 fiasco violate there? Okay. It violates every one of these, by the way, but I, okay. I, I gave you an out. <laughs> Number three, the experiment should be designed and based on the results of animal experimentation and knowledge of the natural history of the disease or other problem under the study that the anticipated results will justify the performance of the experiment. In other words, if you're going to do it, you better have checked it with an, on animals first, and you, you better know that if it worked good in the animals, it's going to work in people. Otherwise, don't do it. Okay, number four, the experiment should be conducted so as to avoid all unnecessary physical and mental suffering and injury. Yeah, I tell that to all the people that died of COVID, uh, the COVID shot. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I'm starting to get a little militant here, but that's me. That's what I do. Number four, the experiment should be conducted so as to avoid, oh, I think I, I think I did that already, unnecessary physical and mental suffering and injury. Okay. Number five, no experiment should be conducted where there is a priori, priori reason to believe that death or disabling injury will occur. Hmm. Except, perhaps, in those experiments where the experimental physicians also serve as subjects. In other words, heal thyself, doctor. (laughs) You know, if you think it's so good, you take it first, and then I'll see what happens to you. And then if you don't die or get sick, I'll try it. Number six, the degree of risk to be taken should never exceed the determined that determined by that determined by the humanitarian importance of the problem to be solved by the experiment. Okay, uh, I think risking death is probably not is probably the, the worst degree of of risk. So anyway, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Number seven: the proper preparations should be made to adequate uh, and adequate facilities provided to protect the experimental subjects against even remote possibility of injury, disability, or death. Okay, well, they started to do at the beginning, but kind of like in a uh, Mickey Mouse sort of fashion. Uh, okay, we'll give you the shot. Sit there for 10 minutes. If you don't fall down, you can leave. <laughs> okay. Little do people know that, yeah, well, an hour later, I'm going to I'm gonna fall over and die. Okay. Or when I'm playing sports, I'm going to fall over and die in three days, you know? Okay. Let's see. Okay, I read that one. Number eight. The experiment should be conducted only by scientifically qualified persons. The highest degree of skill and care should be required through all stages of the experiment of those who conduct or engage in the experiment. Well, it's kind of hard to do when you don't have human trials, right? So everybody that got the shot was the experiment. Okay. So I don't know. Doctors were really torn on this. Some doctors felt forced to give it and gave it anyway. Some doctors felt forced and didn't, and they were fired in most cases. 
and um, some just didn't do it at all, even if, you know, they were forced. So they, you know, they said adios, and that's kind of where I fell into because I knew that I was going to take that stupid thing, and and with my health conditions, I didn't know if I was going to survive. So I just said, you know what, I'm retiring. Okay. Number nine, during the course of the experiment, the human subject, excuse me, the human subject should be at liberty to bring the experiment to an end if he, he or she has reached the physical or mental state where conti- continuation of the experiment seems to, to him to be impossible. Okay, if it's affecting you bad, hey, I don't want to do it anymore. But it's kind of hard to do. You see, you can do that with pills because you can always throw up the pills or get your stomach pumped, right? But you can't do that with an injection. When that's, Once that stuff is in you, it's in you. You know, and that's what we were always taught in nursing school. You know, check it three or four times before you give that shot. Make sure you're given the right drug at the right time, the right place. The whole nine yards, there's there's five of them, and sometimes there's eight different checks you have to do. And because um, once it's inside, there's no getting it out, okay? And I'm sorry for the people that took the shot because that stuff's in you and well, I pray for you all the time. And the good Lord, if you know him, then he's watching out for you, too. All right. Number 10, during the course of the experiment, the scientist in charge must be prepared to terminate the experiment at any stage. If he has probable cause, he or she has probable cause to believe in the exercise of good faith, superior skill, and careful judgment required by him or her, that a continuation of the experiment is likely to result in injury disability, or death to the experimental subject, okay? So when people started keeling over from these shots, they should have stopped them right away, but they didn't, okay? And that violates number 10. All right, so now we looked at the Nuremberg Code. And having looked at that, let's look at some more stuff here, okay? Uh, when this, Like I said, the CIA came to this country in 1947, or it was formed in 1947, I believe, okay, it could have been forty-eight or whatever, but and it was it was started with a bunch of Nazis that were brought over, and they were nice enough to hire some Americans too that worked there too, but the Nazi ethic, the Nazi beliefs, and everything carried over into the CIA until this day, <clears throat> okay, so <clears throat> so the COVID nineteen thing, knowing that the uh, CIA is involved uh, is involved in all the shady stuff, um, and that they they could and did um, ignore the Nuremberg Code, okay, or cause doctors to, uh, instilling fear in doctors that, hey, if you don't do this, you're going to get fired, you're going to be seen as a traitor to the human race and the whole nine yards. So that in mind, you know, the the CIA, the, you know, what is it, National Institute of Health, the uh, World Health Organization, Center for Disease Control, uh, we're all complicit in causing the death of probably millions of people around the world, probably hundreds of thousands around the United States alone and in Canada, maybe some more. And, uh, and it's nothing different than what we're going to look at the CIA did through all the years that they were, they were experimenting on people. I, you gotta, you gotta remember the mindset of people, um, the generation before my generation, the government was there to protect you, and the government did no wrong, okay? Certain people in the government did wrong, but the government did no wrong. And that's why my grandfather, he loved the United States but hated Roosevelt, Franklin Roosevelt, because the guy was a communist, and he saw it, you know? 
And um, he saw a few other things that Roosevelt was doing. But anyway, um, where am I going with this? Okay. So other, uh, so the, a lot of um, people, okay, well, the government can do no wrong. And, and some of the older people even today believe that. The government can do no wrong. Don't question government. But the government has been very good over the last 60, 70, 80 years at, at mind control, mind controlling people. And, and we're going to see how that happened. But let me give you a little um, idea of how I know about this. Um, back in the uh, be 80s, I guess, um, I listened to a, a, a tape. We didn't have CDs back then. So it was a cassette tape a friend of mine got a hold of. And you had to be real careful with them because they broke. Not like CDs. You know, you could play Frisbee with them and still use them to some degree anyway. Uh, but a cassette tape, no, you had to be real careful because you broke that tape. You could probably splice it, but probably not. Um, so anyway, everybody was careful with them. And uh, we were listening to this, this cassette tape, and it was talking about backmasking. Now, if you don't know what that is, and please listen to me before you turn the radio off. <laughs> um, I'm not certain for sure that all claims of backmasking are true. Okay, I know that some of them are because I heard them myself. And what happens is they, whether by design or by mistake, People were singing songs or maybe even talking. I don't know. I didn't hear, never heard that. But um, if you play the record backwards, and yes, you have to have a record. So um, you could actually hear them saying things that are you can't hear when you're listening to the record being played forward. And I remember we listened to one Beatles one, and it said, um, it's fun to smoke marijuana. And it was quite clear. And there were others. Well, you see, you can't hear that when it's playing forward but your your brain hears it your brain is so so intelligent so smart it's able to pick up things that you don't even know it's picking up you know god made us that way yahweh made us that way and and we're able to to uh, determine from things that we haven't even heard right that things are wrong okay <laughs> especially if you're a believer in yeshua because you're given discernment and discernment means that you know you can you can see things and know they're not quite right, okay? And then you it's, you, know, you look through them even farther, and then you realize that, hey, you, you know, the Holy Spirit was right. This isn't right, and I'm not going to participate in this anymore, or I'm not going to listen to this anymore or say this anymore, whatever, you know? And um, so did I heard a bunch of things like that. And so I would go to <laughs> – stupid me, I'd go to work, you know, because I worked in construction, and I was a pipe fitter, and – I'd say, I listened to this tape last night. They were talking about backmasking. What's that? And I'd tell them, oh, yeah, that's a bunch of garbage. You know, what are you listening to that for? That's not true. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know. And even Christians came and said that, you know. Well, you know, you got the mind of Christ and, you know. And we do have the mind of Christ. But, you know, we're out in that stinking world all day. And that stinking world is, tr is fighting against the mind of Christ. And it's trying to get us to do things that uh, we know are, are wrong. And if it can sneak in through the back door and put a seed in your brain in your, or in your heart, then that's something that you should really be concerned about. That's why watching television nowadays is not a good idea. Unless you are very, uh, unless you shop around for what you watch. I wouldn't watch anything on the, the alphabet channels or um, I'm very, we, we watch things on um, YouTube and stuff like that, but we're very cautious. We, we, we examine everything. Okay. And uh, 
and listen to everything. That's why it's really, that's why it's really hard for me to go out and listen to anybody talk because I'm constantly picking apart what they're saying, you know, and that's, it's a good thing because it keeps you safe. But at the same time, you know, you want to give people a little bit of slack to, you know, to make a mistake or something like that and not pounce. But um, anyway, I got to be me, I guess. And um, anyway, so we looked at the Nuremberg thing. Okay. So I'm going to get rid of that. All right. Now we're going to look at a couple of videos, okay? And this is going to talk about mind control, and we're going to, you're going to hear things like, oh, let's see what you're going to hear, because I wrote them all down here. Okay. Uh, MJ Ultra, Project Monarch, Project Paperclip, we've already talked about that. CIA, Kathy O'Brien. Well, you want to read a good book, read, read her book. Um, <laughs> the Trans, Trance, like Trance, you're putting you in a trance, Transformation of America. And... If, you know, we were watching um, that Cheney gal, Liz Cheney, um, yesterday, and she was doing a concession speech. Might have been a night, the night before last, but, um, and I've never liked that gal, and I think it's because of her father, because her father is mentioned in Kathy O'Brien's book many times. Um, he is not a good character, never has been a good character, and he's involved in things that uh, like trafficking and MJ Ultra and. And uh, Project uh, Monarch, sorry, I have to look down at my notes sometimes, um, and other things, and, uh, and human slavery and trafficking and stuff like that. And, yeah, you read that book, and you're, you're going to say, man, these people were in office all this time, and I thought they were right on. And uh, now you gotta got to also think that maybe Kathy's got an axe to grind, but I don't think so. Uh, she went through, through enough uh, hurt and... Um, <laughs> You just got to read it to see, okay? The Transformation of America by Kathy O'Brien, O-B-R-I-E-N, okay? All right, so now that I plug Kathy's book, I don't know Kathy, I have never met her, but her book really had a profound um, interest in my life. Excuse me, folks. Okay. So now we're going to watch uh, this video, and it's about the CIA and mind control. And the next one is going to be two, but uh, they both kind of bring in different aspects. So, And they're short videos, so don't think that it's going to be an hour video. And um, one's seven minutes. I think another one's 11 or 12 minutes. So um, anyway, here we go. Let's see. Show on stream. Investigative reports. Yes, okay. All right, let me uh, go ahead and start this and then make it big. Time travel to covert mind control experiments. These bizarre purported occurrences are collectively good. known as the Montauk Project. Montauk's been an obsession of mine for over 30 years. The story goes between 1971 and 1983, secret experiments happened at the Camp Hero Air Force Base, which is only about a mile from here. When I was a kid, I walked along this stretch of shore here, and I didn't realize there was a base here until military personnel stopped me and told me to go the other way. And it sparked my interest for so many years going forward. And he's pretty young. About 13 years investigating the alleged Montauk project. Local children were abducted off the streets brought to the base and subjected to brutal mind control experiments right under 
the now decaying Sage radar towers. To be clear, the government's official position is there is no underground structure of any kind here at Camp Hero. You know, it's been a long time. I mean, I've been coming back and forth here for, you know, 13 years. But we keep getting prevented to look around the perimeter of the tower. By whom? Uh, we're trying to get permits to go and look past the gate. We don't get it. You know, even though I was born and raised here, lived here all my life, that gives me pause to say, well, maybe there was something here. And if you really think there's something here, I think you should pursue it. Word is spread around town that we're here investigating. And a park employee, Joe Lafreno, has reached out to me, claiming to be one of these victims who are known as the monster. Look at his eyes. He wants to share his version of what happened under Camp Hero. And he's actually agreed to be on camera. So Joe's boss is here and he's saying we can't interview him. Well, I don't understand. Yes, who's he on the phone with? So he's saying you can't interview this gentleman. He knows the gentleman's here. Well, Joe's hiding in our van. Oh, okay. So I don't think his boss knows he's here. Just back up, he'll hop in your car, then drive to the other side of the lot where his boss can't see you. You got it, you got it, gonna do it. Okay. Hey, man. Hey, how you doing? How's it going? Doing good. I'm Joe. Good to meet you, Joe. I'm Chris. Chris. So, that guy is so strange. Agreed. Why can't you talk to us? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know why he'd go through all that trouble. I guess that was your supervisor? Yeah. He's still sitting there. Son of a It just leads me to believe that there's something to hide. It doesn't make any sense to me, and I yeah. work here. It's good that I'm talking to you, because it was difficult to find former Montauk boys that would talk. Did you recall any memories at all of being in any government project? Yeah. I remember in a big giant room, we were all young, very young, and it was dark, and I remember Preston Nichols standing in front of us, and and he was given orders. Preston was in charge of something. I don't I, I don't remember them saying specific things. Cause it I don't yeah, I can't even say what he was talking about, but I know what he was asking us was it was criminal stuff. Really? Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, so I don't know what I don't know what was going on. As a matter of fact, I've never remembered any of this before 1994. That was shortly after Preston's book came out, the first one. That was right, exactly. After. There was like a book signing in Montauk, so I, I, I talked to Preston, and I thought it was for the very first time. Right. But he said, "Do you remember anything about the underground? Or do you remember me?" And I and I said that I remember you, but but it wasn't you. It was. It had to be him, like many, many, many years ago. Wow. So, do you think it was a repressed memory? Yeah. And then Preston said, "I have like this ability or whatever to, to." He called it deprogramming, but I, I believe right. it was some type of hypnosis. What I remember was was being under hip, hypnosis for about 20 minutes, but yet the clock on the wall said I was under for about two hours and 20 minutes. Wow. But then he played back a tape, and my voice was on that tape. I said the words, but I don't remember saying the words. Right. So it brought, it brought back the memories and made them real. 
some people have said you probably put a message into your mind when you were under, and so you believe that this is true. But this stuff is just as real as me and you having a conversation. Wow. Yeah. That was so Looks like your boss might be on to us. What's with this guy? I, I came to a, a realization that's, it really just hit me. What, um, what I think happened down there, partially. And it would explain a lot of the more fantastic stuff. I just don't want to have any confrontation with him. You know, well, so, agreed. You know, Hopefully we get to talk again, man. Yeah. I've been reading stories and listening to people who claim they were part of this experiment for many years. Now, Preston Nichols talked about the exact... Sorry. We're just getting shut down. Oh, we are? Dude, his boss is blocking his car. Wow, this guy's a belligerent. You think he's going to get fired? No. He's saying we can interview the guy? Does this seem weird to you? Very weird. But like a little too weird? Yeah. Was this yet another attempt by the authorities to obscure the truth? And if so, what are they really hiding? Can you believe that? Yeah, what happened? So, uh... Yeah, he told me I wasn't allowed to talk to anybody. And what do you think of that? Well, I said to him, as far as I know, my First Amendment rights to speech has not been silenced just because I work for the government. Right. We don't work at some top-secret government facility, or do yeah. we? No, I hear you, Or man. do we? I mean, I, I mean, all, all I do is parks maintenance out there. I, I've been working for the state for 16 and a half years. Right. I've never been talked to like that from any boss. I, I thought he was going to jump right through the window of my really? car. Really? He was being that aggressive? Yeah, he was very wow. aggressive. I've can never, he, can in he my get you life, fired for talking to us? I, I can't be fired for speaking. I mean, what sure. have I done wrong? Where have I broken any laws by right. speaking? I don't know. Oh, boy. I know. <laughs> and you know, too, right, folks? It was, if, if there was nothing going on at Montauk, then how come that guy's boss told me couldn't talk? Obviously, that guy's seen stuff around there that maybe, you know, he normally wouldn't see as being wrong or even know about. But uh, if he would talk to somebody, people could put the pieces together and build a puzzle out of it, you know. So anyway, that was weird. Okay, now we didn't really learn much about mind control. We learned a few things, you know, that that the Preston guy um, was able to deprogram him, if that's exactly what happened. But uh He's, this guy seems to think that's what happened, so hey, he would know, right? But uh, anyway, let's okay, let's go back here. Let's get rid of this here. All right. Then we'll go to the next one, okay? We're, we're getting rid of these things slowly but surely. Okay, let's see. Nope. I want to get rid of that there. Okay. All right, here we go. This is MK Ultra, the shocking Cold War experiments hidden by the CIA. It's a BBC reel, and it involves people in Canada. That's why they were so interested, because Canada is still a protectorate of um, of Great Britain, even though they've they've been free from Great Britain for many years. But um, still, there's an association there, so 
the British can come in and investigate all they want. So anyway, let's um, go ahead and listen to this, and we'll go from there, okay? I was given a glass of Kool-Aid, and so were the other children. This Kool-Aid was spiked with LSD. It was horrible. In the early days of the Cold War, the CIA ordered the creation of a secret program intended to find ways of mind control. They funded an army of psychiatric institutions across the United States and Canada to perform experiments on unsuspecting patients using psychedelic drugs, sensory deprivation, electroshock treatment, and more. The program was known by its codename, MKUltra. At the end of the Korean War, a number of freed American POWs came home seemingly brainwashed in espousing communist propaganda. American officials suspected that the soldiers had been subjected to what they thought were new communist mind control techniques. Alarmed by the situation, the newly formed CIA allocated $25 million for psychiatric experiments on human beings. It was the most secret program ever conducted by the CIA in the United States. Patients at psychiatric hospitals, prisoners in federal institutions, and even people in the public were given drugs without their awareness or consent and experimented upon. Initial projects within MKUltra included Operation Midnight Climax. They established what were called safe houses, where um, prostitutes would lure men to these apartments. And then once the men were in the apartments, they were dosed with LSD. And then they were basically studied by CIA scientists, usually behind a, a two-way mirror. Another common practice was the hosting and observing of LSD-induced parties with live music. These parties were called acid tests, and the culture that grew out of them played a key role in the development of the hippie and psychedelic movements a few years later. However, some of the most damaging experiments occurred at the Allen Memorial Institute in Montreal, Canada. There, under the direction of infamous Scottish-American psychiatrist Dr. Ewan Cameron, unsuspecting patients, many of whom had common ailments such as postpartum depression, were experimented on with aggressive drug cocktails and extreme techniques. My father was a victim of Dr. Cameron. He was a 27-year-old, healthy, skier, canoeer, very athletic, and he had asthma. They told him if he went to the Allen Memorial, they could cure his asthma. My father, Charles, was a patient of Dr. Cameron's. He had a trigeminal neuralgia, it's called, where there's a pain in the temple that radiates into the jaw that apparently is excruciatingly painful. They told him that it was psychosomatic, which it's not, but in those days, what did they know? So they sent him to a shrink. This shrink that he went to was working with Cameron, although we didn't know. So he, he put my father right into the program. I was having trouble with my parents. My father and my stepmother decided to put me in the Allen Memorial Institute. They had no idea what went on in there. I was 16 when I was there. Dr. Cameron pursued a concept he called depatterning, which was meant to reduce patients to an infantile psychological state wherein doctors could take advantage of the person's cognitive vulnerability to attempt to rebuild their mind under the doctor's control. A popular method of choice to achieve this was called psychic driving. The day that my father was brought to the hospital, they immediately put him on insulin uh, to put him into like an insulin coma. They took clips from the interview with the shrink and put it on tape to run a loop 
under his pillow while he was put into this sleep treatment. He also was put in an insulin coma for 36 days with a, with a recording beside him uh, saying that your mother hates you over and over and over and over and over. That was beside my bed constantly. Repeated between 250,000 and 500,000 times. Another common method was the use of extreme Page Russell electroshock therapy. Page Russell shock treatment is approximately 40 to 75 times the strength of a normal shock treatment. So it's really designed to wipe out the memory. He received um, 54 high voltage shock treatments, followed by 54 grand mal seizures. After 27 days of this, they said that they were discouraged because he still had ties to his former life in that he was asking to see his wife. They decided to give him more Paige Russell shock treatments and put him to sleep for another 30 days. When patients were released from the Allen Memorial, they and their families' lives would never be the same again. Well, there's a lot I could not remember after I got out of the Allen. When my family came, I was a zombie. I didn't even know who they were. He never came out the same. He had a blank, blank look in his eye. He didn't know who we were. He didn't know we were his daughters. He lost his job. We went into poverty after he came out. He had said in his interview with the shrink that I was the apple of his eye. And after he came home, uh, he started beating me not long after. In 1973, the MK Ultra program was terminated, and some of the evidence of his activities was systematically erased. The whole thing was basically um, discovered because of a whistleblower named John Marks, who wrote the first book, really, about um, the program called The Search for the Manchurian Candidate. There were congressional hearings here in the United States in the mid-70s after it had been exposed. And during those hearings, the CIA finally admitted that this program existed. They admitted that it was probably not the right thing to do, but they feigned innocence. Despite the congressional hearings and marginal interest in the subject in popular culture, most MKUltra survivors suffered in silence, taking their trauma with them to the grave. Today, having received no formal apology or compensation, the children of some survivors are pursuing a class action lawsuit against the institutions they deem responsible. You know, the CIA knew that it was breaking, you know, every moral, ethical, and, and legal law in, in the books to do these experiments. They all were behind it. They all knew what they were doing, but they weren't doing it out of care or love. They were doing it out of military and political reasons. I am on medication now because of what happened to me when I was 16. Oh, I have not had any compensation or apology. I want everyone to know in Canada what went on in that horrible, horrible hospital. While historians and survivors have exposed MKUltra's exploits to the world, much remains unknown about its extent and wider impact. Given the highly sensitive nature of the program's activity, it is likely this will remain the case for years to come. My goodness. Well, folks, if that didn't bother you, I don't know what to say. You know, I worked in psych medication, uh, psych medicine for probably five years, enough to see enough to see enough. Uh, to the point where I just felt guilty about giving out meds. 
and I couldn't do it anymore. So when COVID came along and all that garbage, I was kind of glad and I, I don't have to do that anymore. But one thing, this is going to be kind of controversial, what I'm going to say. Okay. Actually, what isn't, right? But um, having observed uh, people with schizophrenia and having, well, let me give, give you an uh, and I'm going to tie it in with something we saw in this video. Uh, we were nurses and we were preparing to go out to the, the state hospital because uh, we had to do part of our in externship there. And um, they, they conducted a test on us, and it was innocent. Um, you, you sat in a chair, and there was a person on each side with a rolled-up piece of paper into a cone. And there was a person that was sitting sitting in front of you that like they were interviewing you for entrance into the hospital. And, and so, uh, you know, that woman was talking. Well, the person in the left ear was telling me that, you know, life sucks, that, you know, I, I should kill myself, that my parents hate me, and the whole night. And the right ear, it, it was uh, kind of a religious ideolation, you know, like, uh, but, but it was personal. It was like, you are, you are God, you're the greatest, you know, no one can ever touch you and stuff like that. Anyway, it was very hard to concentrate, very, very hard. And they explained that this is what schizophrenics experience, okay? They're hearing voices in one or both ears, different voices many times. And they're, um, and the voices many times are um, malevolent. And that's why the, the suicide rate among um, schizophrenics is so high. Because after a while of hearing a voice tell you to go kill yourself, you know, uh, if you're hearing it for 20 or 30 years, maybe, or maybe longer, and your life has not improved because your stand, life quality is stinks because of your mental illness, uh, a lot of people go out and do it. Anyway, um, I don't want to make it sound light, what I just said, but, you know, I, I want to move on here. Um, so I haven't noticed this, and haven't noticed that, remember, the, the several people said that they were lying in bed and they'd have a tape recording. And then one lady said, I think it was the lady said that the recording said that your mother hates you. Your mother hates you. And it was repeated. <clears throat> she said thousands of times a night, you know, into her ear. And I saw that as a, kind of a schizophrenic event, you know. And I have to wonder. I just have to wonder in all my machinations here that if people that, now I'm not talking about, schizophrenia 50 70 years ago when it was it was a very rare actually back then uh, not very many people had it but as society has been coming excuse me <laughs> become enlightened and um and people are casting god away i think that has a lot to do with it um i do believe that it's possible now how do i go into this real quick <clears throat> i don't think i can so we know that Peep that through Roger Bluebeam and others that, uh, you know, Majestic 12, the whole nine yards, magic. Yeah. Anyway, um, we know that they're able to use sound waves uh, in order to affect humans. Okay. And we know that they're successful at doing it. Uh, we've heard stories about um, the, the prisoners down in uh, Guantanamo, how uh, they would broadcast voice in their head, you know. And telling them that what they did was wrong and that they should confess and that Islam's not the way to go. Well, that's, you know, <laughs> that's a truthism right there. But anyway, um, but they heard 
many instances, even over in Iraq and Afghanistan, they would do this, and they they would actually hear a voice in their head saying, "This is Allah speaking." You know, I want you to repent for what you did, and uh, you were wrong. Anyway, with that in mind, if they could do that to prisoners at Guantanamo and in Iraq and Afghanistan or wherever, why can't they do it long distance here in the States? And what I've seen, uh, you'll, you'll notice if you ever go into that arena, that the schizophrenics always wear earphones. And they wear earphones and they play music really, really loud in their ears so that they, they can't hear the voices, okay? And I, I would say out of all the schizophrenics there, uh, 95% of them did that, okay? Which made it hard to talk to them, you know, because you'd have to get their attention, you know, and then, you know, remove the ear. Anyway, um, so my understanding and for what I've been able to, to look at and to um, figure is that I think that the government, in the, in the case of a lot of schizophrenics, that the government is still doing this. Okay. Um, especially when I saw the, that the recording was saying that your mother hates you, your mother hates you. And that's exactly what I heard in my left ear when they were doing that little experiment. Okay. So, I think that a lot of it's, uh, I don't know where the, where the entrance point is, where, where the door is that opened it up. It could have been drug use because almost every patient that I ever saw or had dealings with, I read their charts, you know, and every one of them was a, uh, a pot user, uh, meth user and stuff like that. And if that's the door that, that opened their minds up to this, then, you know, or made them able to hear these voices when the government's speaking them. I have no doubt that that's what's going on. And I think that if um, the CIA labs get shut down, uh, even the secret ones, that I think that this is my own thought, okay? I think that a lot of schizophrenics would come into their right mind because they wouldn't hear those voices anymore. Okay, now that doesn't discount that some of it may be demonic. But I think Christians are that I know, I shouldn't say that I know because the Christians that I know are pretty level-headed, but... There are some that believe that, you know, schizophrenic, schizophrenic, ah, people that are schizophrenic are demon possessed. Okay. And, and it may be true in a, in a small amount of cases that and it probably was true of schizophrenia before, you know, all this technology and stuff came out. But, um, I, I really believe in my heart of hearts that somebody is messing with these people and, I don't know if it's, it would be possible for them to wear some kind of contraption. Actually, the, the best thing to do would be to come to faith in the Lord Yeshua. And he, you know, he gives you a new mind and a new heart and uh, he can clean things up and he can block that kind of stuff. You know, Yeshua really watches out for us. Many of you call him Jesus. Uh, but, um, yeah, he watches out for his people and he takes care of us. And a lot of times that harassment comes to an end because Yeshua intervenes. Okay. I'm not saying it's a cure all for schizophrenics, uh, but it is a cure. Okay. And if, if the, it is the government messing with, even if it's demonic activity, you know, you could be healed from it. And, uh, but I don't think medication is the answer. And I know I'm going to catch hell for that. Um, but I really don't think medication is the answer. I think that natural herbs might help. Okay. But if it comes out of any, medical lab 
like Pfizer, La Roche, um, you name the pharmaceutical company. If it comes out of there, I'm not so sure about how viable the drug is, okay? <clears throat> I'm sorry. I, I'm going to get off my diatribe here, and, uh, and then we can continue now, okay? So let's see. Let's get rid of that. And let's see. Now we're going to go. Let's see. That was what we just watched. So let's see. I just got to look at something, folks. Uh, elites. Yeah, get rid of this. Uh, I hope I didn't mess up. Uh, I think I messed up. Okay, what I'm going to do then, I, I can fix this. Believe it or not, I can actually fix this. I figured out how to do it, folks. Okay, so let me go down here, share, screen. Come on, screen. Oh, don't tell me you're not going to let me do it while I'm online, while I'm on the air. Oh, that blasted Ouroboros. Why did, you know, why did, well, we know why. Microsoft picked the Ouroboros for that. Oh, I hope this doesn't mess things up. Okay, so yeah, those are both natural news. Okay, why don't we just, uh-oh. I'm getting the white screen of death, folks. Hello, hello. Okay, I'm still on the air, it appears. Mel and Google Chrome not responding. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and kibitz while we're while I'm waiting for it to get right. Because a lot of times this thing over these things will resolve themselves. If not, hey, it's been nice knowing you. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, elites. Let's do this. Okay, that. All right, we're just going to jump right to this, okay? Or maybe not. Let's see. Here we go. Okay, now this is an Alex Jones thing. If you don't like Alex Jones, I'm not a big fan of his either. Um, I'll listen to him, but I really cherry-pick what I listen to. Um, but he's bringing a lot of God stuff into this video, and I really, really, you know, admired that. So let's um, go ahead and... And go here, and it, it, after a while, it comes to one of his commercials, and I will end it there. Yeah, I think it's around 8.45. Okay, 8 minutes and 45 seconds. So let's go ahead and play this. Welcome back to the Alex Jones Show. I'm David Knight in Austin, and joining us on the road is Alex Jones. And, you know, Alex... We talked about this article as up on Drudge about them implanting memories into mice successfully. I think it's a great analogy for what's going on in the info war. One of the things that they point out, they said they've been able to do subconscious association while animals were sleeping in the past. This is the first time they've been able to plant a conscious memory into people. But think about how easy it is for them to do it to humans when we're asleep when we're just passively accepting what they feed us in the news and the media and the television and the movies that we watch, they can build all kinds of passive associations, and it's very easy for them and to propagandize. And that's in the London Guardian. Sorry? And the stories in the London Guardian today from folks yes. that just joined us. And then you've got the attorney general saying, let's brainwash the public against guns. And we wonder why there's subliminals against Alex Jones, Infowars, Drudge, 
I mean, we've shown people where we catch them with half-second long stuff that says Ron Paul is a, is a meth head, uh, you know, on Breaking Bad. Or Alex Jones is a kook that thinks, you know, they're building, you know, Elvis or, or, or Michael Jackson is at the space station. <clears throat> this is what they're doing. And, folks, that's 101 subliminal programming. This is a all-out war. And the war has put people into a trance. They found in major studies that the average person watches about five hours of TV um, above the age of 40 or so. People can pull these articles up. Speaking of that, it's in The Guardian. Uh, but people below that are watching up to 10 hours a day of some form of media or screen time. This is this is literally brain damaging the public, screwing up kids. Hundreds of pediatrics organizations and studies have come out saying, don't give your kids an iPad or iPod or Droid, period, period, ladies and gentlemen. And then, of course, before he died, uh, they asked uh, Steve Jobs, hey, do you give your kids iPads? And he said, absolutely not, never. So they know what they're doing. And then Google Alzheimer's TV viewing. And it's they've known for 30 years neurological disorders are linked to watching TV. They can flash strobe lights. In fact, it's well known at waves uh, that will put people into a trance without being on drugs. That's how widespread this technology is. And I was just talking to a lady the other day who went to a rock concert, never had epilepsy, and they flashed the lights a certain way, and a bunch of people, not just her, basically fell out having convulsions. Well, it's well known you can put a computer program, if you have the right light bank, to make a certain number of percentage of people go into convulsions or into a mesmerized state where you can then program them if it's coming out of a television set with a carrier wave or messages directly to the subconscious that cannot be blocked. So we have these hypnotic triggers. And this isn't me, folks. This is taught at the University of Texas Psychology Department 15 years ago. I was allowed in there and stuff and saw some secret DARPA stuff, or let's just say restricted, but that part wasn't even secret. This is what's taught 101. This is what's going on 101. This is the scientific takeover where everything is about dominating, engaging, and controlling humanity, and it's just being rolled out now to control everyone. Remember, must have been 20-something years ago, Thousands of children in Japan, thousands in the U.S. went into convulsions when Pokemon, when the eyes flashed. That's because they know the carrier wave. They're doing these as mass tests, ladies and gentlemen. We're not in Kansas anymore, and we know they're putting in vaccines with the troops. I covered this 10 years ago. I covered it six years ago in videos like brain-eating vaccines. People didn't believe me, even when it was in the literature. Now it's like, oh, we're giving the troops shots that don't make them be upset anymore. And, oh, then a lot of them commit suicide later. They say it's like they're not alive anymore, but they're not in pain anymore either. The vaccines go in and eat the receptors in the area of your brain associated with spiritual consciousness, higher brain waves. We are living in a science fiction movie, but we're not on the black hole spaceship with Maximilian Shell. And the robots weren't good enough for him, so he uh, digitally, with electricity, lobotomizes with electroshock the crew to be his slaves. They're already way past, you know, Disney movies like The Black Hole, folks. They don't need to do that. They can give you a shot. You'll still go to work. You'll do what you're told. You'll still be partially there, but the spiritual connection is severed, at least partially. 
I mean, it's already going on. It's already happening. And that's why I freak out. This is a normal response to someone who's not been put under a trance. I mean, people 100 years ago would act 10 times crazier than me if somebody tried to do something to their kids. If Jocelyn Elders got up 20 years ago and said, we're going to teach the little kids how to reach down and touch themselves and masturbate, it's a good thing. People would have flipped. Why are we so comfortable? Because with chemicals and drugs and flashing lights and subliminals and culture and our own laziness, they have put us into a trance. Break the trance. And I'm telling you, folks, prayer has shown to take you, even if you're an atheist, to a higher level of consciousness. I'm telling you, if even if you're an atheist, if you just pray to Jesus Christ to break your conditioning, to unlock your mind and your soul, and just invite Christ in because it's a free will universe and say, Christ, if you're real, come into my life, free my mind of this conditioning, even if you don't believe that Christ is real, but that you're going to a higher level of your mind. I don't believe that's what's happening. At one level, it's there, but then God connects to that. If you just ask Christ to come into your heart, come into your soul, and show you the truth, and empower you, and open your mind, I'm telling you, if you say that with free will, God will will give you a choice. But when the Holy Spirit, folks, comes to you and starts showing you this stuff, if you say, okay, God, I know you're real and I don't want you, that is the ultimate sin to reject the Spirit of Christ, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm just telling you it's real. If you want discernment, if you want real power, Christ is ready to give it to you, but you will then be under Christ's control. Doesn't mean my flesh isn't evil. Doesn't mean I don't do bad things. But in my heart, in my soul, in my my conscience, when I when I when I'm not doing the right thing, it, it's literally there. And you cannot then reject that spirit. So I'm telling you, if spirits are real, folks, if you will simply and people say, "Oh, this is a bunch of mumbo jumbo," do it. Prepare yourselves to break free of Satan. Prepare yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, to be able to see and come out of the matrix. Ask Jesus Christ into your heart and pray that our leaders, like Saul of Tarsus, be struck with reality. I know there are some men in the system and women that aren't pure evil that can be turned to good. Pray that God move on them as well. Pray that God's spirit move on the land. David Knight, I didn't mean to go off into that, but these are desperate times. I'm just telling folks where I really stand. David Knight, your take on that, then we're going to go back to calls. Yeah, Alex, you're absolutely right. It's ultimately a spiritual battle. Uh, these things perpetuate over multiple generations. We know that, that it's accelerating right now. My wife read to me a very uh, interesting testimony from the actor uh, Denzel Washington. I would encourage people to uh, take a look at what he said in terms of his encounters with God. But I am very, I very... Some of that. The next segment. Pull it up. I want to see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very concerned about uh, what is going on in terms of... You're talking about chemical... Uh, lobotomies that they're able to do. Of course, they did massive surgical lobotomies on veterans when they came back from World War II. Oh, there was a long stressful. series of, of abuse about that in, in the Wall Street Journal. But now they're moving beyond that to doing electronic lobotomies. And the things that they're able to do, people can't even understand. That's how asleep the public is. And that's what is so dangerous about this, is that when we're in kind of a semi-conscious, not even paying attention, not really truly even physically sleeping, but just not paying attention. It's very easy for them to do these things to us subconsciously as well as consciously. When we look at these experiments that they're doing with the uh, the mouse brains, when we look at the brain initiative that Obama has put in, we talked about that when we talked about artificial intelligence. Yeah, it's, it's very dangerous. Excellent points, David. I didn't mean to go off on a jag when you brought that up, but it's so incredibly important. Uh, in fact, I just pulled up the Denzel Washington clip. If we can get the audio of that, maybe we can play that later as well. And don't tell me that I'm a... Okay, 
I got rid of the commercial part. I like Alex Jones, but his commercials drive me nuts. Um, anyway, yeah, what do you think about that? You know, one thing I have to emphasize upon, yes, Christ can help you, okay? But nowadays, there are so many Christs out there, okay? There's a, there's a universal Christ. He calls himself Sonata. And there are other Christs. There are false Christs, I should say. And um, so if you're going to appeal to to Christ, appeal to Jesus Christ, um, us Messianics call him Yeshua HaMashiach, uh, Jesus the Messiah. And and he can help you. Believe me, he's pulled me out of a bunch of jams where the, the enemy has tried to come in and um, and use influence to uh, scare the living hell out of me. But um, maybe that wouldn't be a bad thing. <laughs> But scare heaven out of me, I think, maybe is a better way to put it. And it never worked, okay? Because I would say, hey, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get out of here. You know, and then they'd leave. And a matter of fact, Joe Jordan and I, and, and later Jim Wilhelmson, we uh, we had ministries where we'd help people. They'd call us sometimes 3 in the morning to, to tell us they were having problems with uh, alien entities. And I think as time has gone on, that's kind of subsided a lot because a lot of people have accepted that they want that. You know, I know it sounds crazy, but they want it. <laughs> so I had a call from a lady one day, or I should say a woman. She wasn't a lady from the way she talked, but um, she said, uh, you're wrong. I picked up the phone, not a hello or anything. You're wrong. And I go, what's the matter? You know, why am I wrong? Tell me, you know, well, you said the name of Jesus works to get rid of them. And they just keep coming. And I've used that a number of times and it hasn't worked. And, you know, right away, I'm like, well, this might be the one case that doesn't work. Anyway, so I prayed inside, and I said, Lord, show me what. And, and so I felt impressed to ask her, who, who is Jesus to you? Oh, well, he's the ruler of the universe. He's He is the universe. His name is Sonata. You know, he he is um, he is the universe, and the universe is his. And I, I said, lady, ma'am, I says, hold on a second. I says, the problem that you have is that when you're crying out to Jesus, you're crying out to the wrong Jesus. You're crying out to the new age Jesus, the one that's causing all the problems. I said, what you've done in effect is the same as a Jew walking into Gestapo headquarters during World War II and asking for help from to protect them from Hitler. You know, and and I got to give her the gospel real quick. <laughs> I mean, real fast. I, I, it was supernatural the way it came out. Anyway. And uh, so she hung up on me. And But anyway, so you got to be careful with Jesus you're calling upon, okay? Uh, calling on God doesn't really work because there are many gods, okay? You have to know, when you call on Jesus, you have to know in your head you're calling on the name of the biblical Jesus, the one that talk, is talked about in the four Gospels and all of Paul's letters and all of John's letters and in the book of Revelation, the whole nine yards. The one was prophesied by Isaiah and Micah and all the other prophets. So, you know, you just can't call on Christ because there are many Christs. Okay? So make sure you're calling on the biblical Jesus. Anyway, I wanted to throw that in there because I think it's very important. But it was interesting to see Alex shows. Now, that was from 2017, I'm, I think. Let me, uh, let me do this. Uh, oh, 2015. I'm sorry. March 11, 2015. And it's interesting how we talked about vaccines. This is um, five years before the, the COVID or, you know, COVID came in, you know, five years before, five and a half years before they had a vaccine for it. So 
he was talking about other vaccines. So, you know, it's, and it's kind of prophetic. And, and I don't know if it eats the synapses of your brain. That's, that's a possibility. I'm not discounting it, but the, these different vaccines, but I know that the COVID vaccine is a real killer. And um, we can talk about that again some night, or you can go back and listen to some of the older shows. Done a lot of them on the COVID-19 vaccine. As a matter of fact, I think it got me kicked off of YouTube at one time. <laughs> and now uh, Twitch. I don't know what I did through Twitch, but they they were like, <laughs> you were gone forever and ever. <laughs> but, you know, that's a, to me, that's a badge of, uh, that's a, a badge of, uh, a military badge of bravery and, and a job well done. So, okay, let's see. Let's get rid of that one. And that. Okay, now we're going to go into a little bit of reading, folks. Hope you don't mind. Now we're going to move forward to our current day. I know we've been talking about our current day a little bit here and a little bit there. And um, so I want to go into um, how they're, well, Alex talked about it, how they're programming through the television and radio stations and everything else. But, you know, also the computer and also um, movies. A lot of animated movies, as a matter of fact, I think all of them have some kind of programming in them, and that's why I don't like watching cartoon movies. Um, you know, it's there's a reason why they call it a program. Um, so anyway, uh, we're, we're going to go into this thing, and uh, let me tell you what it's about before we go into it. It's, uh, t- it's from Natural News. You know, I get a lot of stuff from there because they have a lot of good stuff on there. Um, and this was uh, August 17th, Wednesday. And um, it says, Jay Dyer tells Dr. Lee Merritt, military intelligence agencies are inserting messages into films, TV shows, and this video can be seen on Bright on TV. Okay, it's going to be a long video, so that's why I'm choosing not to put it on here, because you have a life and I have a life, and you can watch their video anytime. I don't want to take up your time tonight doing that, okay? So let me go ahead and show this on the screen. And go over and enlarge it. Well, it looks like it's as big as it's going to get anyway. All right, so I gave you the date. Uh, the uh, author is Kevin Hughes. And let's look at those tags because I think they're important. Big government, brainwashing, bright on TV, CIA, conspiracy, deception, deep state, disinfo, false narratives, Hollywood, insanity, Jay Dyer, Lee Merritt, mass hypnosis, Merit Medical Hour, Mind Control, Pentagon, Propaganda, Twisted, and Tyranny. <laughs> All tyrannies twisted. Um, okay, let's progress here because we, we've got past the hour mark already. Oh, natural news. The military and intelligence agencies are inserting messages into films and television shows, according to the author and film and analyst Jay Dyer. So he's an analyst, folks. He looks at these things. He looks at every frame, Okay. Okay, they had done a whole in-depth, whole in-depth research into various uh, military Pentagon agencies inserting messages into films, and so that kind of solidified there. Uh, we do have precedent, clear examples of facts that military is clearly paying to have messages put in there. Doc, uh, Dyer told Dr. Lee Merritt during an August 10th episode of the medical, Merritt Medical Hour on Bright on TV. Uh, the comedian and TV presenter 
who is known for his deep analysis of Hollywood, geopolitics, and culture, added that these agencies had a, a say in the editing and approval of the script of the movies or TV shows. He also mentioned that Central Intelligence Agency, CIA, had been consulted on films and released films released right after September 11th attacks. So we started seeing movies that were no longer more of a covert relationship between these agencies and Hollywood, but outright promotion. Dyer said, Americans are now seeing more Hollywood movies and TV shows that clearly had the support of the Department of Defense and the CIA. The author of Esoteric Hollywood, Sex, Cults, and Symbols in Film, stated that there was a Freedom of Information Act, a FOIA request, uh, submitted in 2016 about the actual fund allocations by the Pentagon and the CIA to films and TV shows. They found through the FOIA request that the Pentagon and the CIA had actually paid for thousands of films and TV shows over several decades to have kinds of messages inserted into them. Um, And it says related, we're going to read this. um, This is the next article we're going to read. It says related pro-pedophilia messages now being embedded in Hollywood movies for children. Okay. Dyer, Dyer also said this vindicated a lot of suspicions and information that he had been studying and investigating since the mid-2000s. Subtitle, um, film revelations are a form of deception, uh, projection, and psychological warfare. Dyer pointed out that some astounding revelations in movies are actually a form of deception, projection, and psychological warfare. Uh, The co-creator and co-host of TV show Hollywood Decoded added that spy fiction stories are are at least to some degree accurate. Uh, He also told Merritt that spy fiction novels would include things like false flags or stage events, which a lot of people would think of as conspiracy. People need to sift through the deception and disinformation, such as white propaganda and black propaganda, uh, Dyer said. The movie camera really begins as a propaganda tool for warfare and military purposes. It really begins. Okay. Propaganda also helps to prop up false narratives, and there are multitudes of reasons why it is being done. According to Dyer, the people who do these things would study the history of propaganda, including the techniques and tactics to engage in different kinds of lies. Dyer, excuse me, Dyer, sorry, folks, my voice is kind of going. <laughs> Dyer also, <clears throat> also said uh, the, lie, <clears throat> the lie about weapons of mass destruction was made up uh, intel- was made up intelligence that the media pushed into the minds of people. He noted that traumatic events can produce different kinds of shock in people and the media has the ability to traumatize people. The film analyst uh, even s- said even the James Bond stories were a preparation for war on terror and that Bond creator Ian Fleming knew America would transition from Cold War to the War on Terror. Dyer said uh, the long-term global effects are planned ahead of time, Excuse me, and propaganda is key to seeing them happen. He said the nar- narrative of international terrorists causing a global problem can be seen in films like True Lies, uh, which was a blockbuster that depicted Arab terrorists as, global, as a global threat. Following mind control news for more than for more on how um, excuse me follow mind control dot news for on how movies and TV shows are being used to control humans. Uh, watch the August 10th episode of uh, 
merit medical hour below. Okay, so they have it below. Okay, and the rest is links. Okay. So the military is paying for propaganda to be put in. Now, if the military is really corrupt and they're getting into child trafficking and human trafficking, uh, which I wouldn't put it past anybody, you know, in, in government anymore, um, then they would be putting things in the in the child children's movies, okay? And uh, that's distressing, seeing I'm a grandfather of several grandchildren, and um, that I will fight against. So, okay, so let's um, let's get rid of that. Okay, and that, and then we'll go into the last article. Okay, I promise. <laughs> All right, so let's go down here. All right, folks, here we go. Pro pedophilia messages now being embedded in Hollywood movies for children. Tuesday, May 29, two thousand eighteen. This is an older article. It's five years old, folks. Uh, four years old. Um, tags, brainwashing, child safety, children, corruption, evil, grooming, Hollywood, indoctrination, movies, outrage, pedophilia, private parts, propaganda, sexual abuse, sexual harassment, show dogs, touching, twisted. Okay, and this was written by Ethan Huff. He writes a lot of articles for, um, I think he basically is natural news, so. Okay, let's get into this because I don't know how much longer my voice is going to last. Natural news. <clears throat> the new children's film, Show Dogs, has officially been pulled from theaters after parents everywhere sounded the alarm about its grossly pro-pedophilia plotline. It all started when Tarina Maldonado of the popular Macaroni Kid blog published a blog article about the movie's shocking and highly inappropriate content. According to Maldonado's review of the film, which she saw with her family at an advanced screening. It basically centers around a talking police dog named Max and his human partner, Frank, who are tasked with rescuing a kidnapped baby panda from a prestigious dog show. Uh, the dog apparently uses his street smarts to outperform his competition, engaging in a slapstick and other, and other comedic gags along the way. Like many children's films with animated characters, each is played by a popular Hollywood voice, that the audience is sure to recognize, including names like Ludacris, the rapper from <clears throat> and popular actor Will, Will Arnett. Okay. All right. The There are plenty of cute, fluffy dogs for viewers to look at while they journey th along through the world of show dogs. Uh, I'm going to do this real quick. Okay. Like many children's films with animated characters. Okay. I read that already. Never mind. Um, it's all fun and games until it comes to it comes time for Max to face his biggest challenge in the film, having his private parts inspected as part of a competitive process. Unlike the other dogs, Max has never had to endure any sort of groping, despite being a, a tough dog from New York. So naturally, his partner Frank has to ease him into the process. This is where the film Show Dogs takes what Maldonado describes a dark and disturbing turn for the worse. After repeatedly resisting Frank's advances early on, Max finally reaches the day when he has no choice but to let the judge touch him in order to win the competition, so he reluctantly agrees. The judge's hands slowly reach behind Max and as he goes into his zen place, uh, writes Maldonado <clears throat> in perhaps the most disturbing scene in the film. 
He's flying through the sky, dancing with his partner, and there are fireworks and flowers. Everything is great, all while someone is touching his private parts. Okay. Uh, it's subtitled, Nothing Like a Little Pizza Gate to Go With Your Children's Movies. Uh, the deeply disturbing message being conveyed here, and to children, no less, is that in order to achieve what you want in life, sometimes you have to let other people do things to you that are uncomfortable and invasive. In this case, allowing someone to touch your private parts could be a necessary requirement in order to win a, comp a competition. This is how many actors and actresses make it in Hollywood, after all, and politicians in Washington, too. It actually has been suggested that that rape and pedophilia are obligatory rites of passage for many young stars and starlets to make it in, in the biz, which is exactly what Show Dog seems to be suggesting, using cute, fluffy animals, of course. Since children have a natural inclination to not let people touch their private parts, films like Show Dogs seems to be trying to warm them up to the idea by making character animals and throwing a lot of humor. Uh, this is what Maldonado's daughter apparently thought after seeing the scene, describing it as her favorite part of the movie because the funny reaction that he had. The Hollywood perverts who came up with the idea, like intended for children viewing film, uh, to have this exact reaction. Uh, had it been a natural child or children on screen and some creep like Harvey Weinstein depicted trying to grab them, well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been so funny after all, for one. Second, it would have passed, it wouldn't have passed the censors as a film appropriate for viewing, especially by children. So instead, Hollywood resorts to embedding its perversions into happy and hilarious cartoon characters that most people won't even recognize were created to brainwash them. Disturbingly, these are the similar tactics child abusers use when grooming children, telling them to pretend that they are somewhere else and that they will get rewarded for withstanding their discomfort says Karen Hawkins from the National Center for Sexual Unsexual Exploitation, um, the NCOSE, about the film. Children's movies must be held to a higher standard and must teach children bodily autonomy, uh, the ability to say no, and safety. Not confusing messages endorsing unwanted genital touching. There you have it. And you can only imagine what other films are showing, you know. It's... Uh, I know there's a lot of symbology in a lot of Disney films, a lot of uh, the symbology that was used in Pizzagate. And, um, and you know, we've all heard how Hollywood is, uh, you know, is, has got people from Hollywood are getting arrested for child trafficking. There's a, a sheriff down in, I think it's Polk County, Florida. I love to watch him on, on uh, TV, watch him on YouTube all the time. And he is, um, Polk County was pretty close to, uh, if not where, um, Disney World is, and um, several of the people that he showed that he's arrested have been involved in, in child trafficking, and guess where they were? Disneyland, or Disney World, excuse me. Um, so, you know, it just goes to show you that there are perverts and, and stuff out there that are actually working in Disney, try, you know, uh, and have ample opportunity to snatch up kids or, or whatever, you know. Um, and then not to mention how there's, uh, Disney World is so... Uh, up on um, accepting homosexuals and having special days for them and stuff like that. It's, uh, I don't know if Walt Disney was into that, but if he wasn't, man, he must be turning in his grave, I tell you. So anyway, folks, uh, lesson is we have to watch what we watch, watch what we listen to, watch what we say. I know that wasn't in tonight's uh, 
how we call it tonight's um talk but you know it's also part of it you know it's uh, uh, a lot of times words are like shots you know when the shot goes in you can't get it out well a lot of well, you, you say words that are hurtful they can't be taken back yes the person can forgive you the person can you know the whole nine yards but um those thoughts are always there you know and if you haven't experienced it then i hope you never do but if you do you'll know what i'm talking about um especially if it comes from a loved one if it comes from some shlemiel out there that you don't know or you know you're at school with or something then you get over it after a few years but uh if you are a, a young child or or anybody that you know has been um verbally abused it never goes away never ever so folks um, just be careful what you do um turn off the tv open up your bible and if you're going to watch tv watch documentaries or documentaries however you want to say that i say documentaries because i'm from new jersey what can i say but um anyway uh you know Paul said, whatever is good, whatever is pure, and, you know, there's a long list there. He says, think on these things, you know. And the Bible also says, keeping our eyes fixed upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Okay. If we look at him straight and don't get tempted by the peripheral, hey, it's easy sailing right to the end. He that endures to the end will be saved, Scripture says. And I want to be one of those people, and I know that you guys do too. So um, anyway, having said that, we've been on for an hour and 33 minutes, and I think my voice has done wonderfully. Thank you, Lord Yeshua. Um, and uh, thank you for putting up with my dogs that have been walking around. You see uh, Zana over here. <clears throat> I can never get Okay. Over here next to the chair. There, right there. Hi, Zana. Yeah. She's our hound dog, and uh, we have another terrier, Buddy. I think he walked by a minute ago. Buddy, where are you? Okay, well, he's laying down resting, and uh, we have a little Chewini, Millie Bell, and uh, we have a, an old Yorkie, 16 years old, and going strong. So uh, we have four dogs, and they keep us busy all day long. Four dogs, seven chickens, and several grandkids, and a daughter and son-in-law here. And then others across the country and around the world. So anyway, folks, um, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And um, I hope that I was able to clarify some things if you had questions. And uh, maybe some of this stuff you've never heard before, and it's it's brain food for you, and that's great. So um, we'll be back on Monday for sure. <clears throat> um, well, I, I will be. And maybe a day before that. I don't know. One of the days before that. And Ralph Epperson and I will be back next Wednesday. And then the next Thursday again will be me. And uh, pretty soon Brian will be back. Uh, you know, time flies. And we, we're hoping that it flies really fast. So, folks, be blessed. Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. May he watch your going out, your coming in, your rising up, and your lying down. May he give you the peace <clears throat> that passes all understanding. And may you come to know him in the goodness of his love. In Yeshua's name I pray. Amen and amen. Bye, Canidos, y'all.